And I remember thinking, man, they're not that big. I bet I could take them. Oh. <laughs> really? And then I realized, yeah, Mark, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got him in the last round last year. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us for another edition of Fantasy Impact today. Uh, we appreciate you listening and tuning in to us. You can get a hold of us on Twitter, at FI Today with a little underscore. You can get a hold of me, Wes, at at Lofinit on Twitter. Uh, you can also get a hold of Tyler. Tyler's on this show. Hello, Tyler. Hello. Uh, he what's, waved. Uh, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle, T.A. Cambro? You're getting it now. There I am. I, I'm, I'm, I learned by listening. I listen and learn. People learn different ways. Some people have to do it with their hands, and I'm I'm a good doer. I've got fast paws whenever I'm doing stuff. I I, I got fast paws. Uh, you you were with me in Moldova. You saw I how I worked there at Moldova. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, we'll what is that fast. giggle? We'll call it fast. What well, was it? Not but fast. Was it good? I'm just messing with you. No, no, Wes was doing great. They had him on the hard stuff. They gave me the easy stuff. You know, I was digging a ditch. There, so in Moldova, it gets very cold, and we were we were doing some water line or something, right? We were having to get a water line from the road up to wherever it was, and it, you had to. It was it was as deep as my shoulder. I don't know how tall I am. I'm like so it had to be like five feet underground or something because they didn't want the line to freeze. It was supposed to be six feet, and so it was supposed to be just over mine and yours heads when they finished it. But yes, it was supposed to be that far underground to keep from freezing. So th- over there, they, they had these people, and the Moldovan people are different than the American people, I think. Because there were some guys that were just huge guys, were they not? Mm-hmm. And there was the one guy named Peter. Right. And I, I kept in that. I, I was in that ditch, man, and I was just going to town. I was, I was digging. There was tons of rocks, these huge boulders and everything, and I was just going. And they said, oh, wait, wait, you need to wait. Peter will be here in a little while. And they kept saying, they kept warning me of Peter. I guess he's our Goliath. Kind of a, Peter, Peter will be here in a little while. And I'm like, hey, waiting on little Peter, man. And so I just kept going, right? And uh, I kept, I, I could hear them speaking in Moldovan. I don't know what they said. And when Peter got there, they introduced me to Peter. And Peter was a really big guy, really big, muscular guy. I didn't even know how he could fit in that ditch that we were in. But they introduced me as Little Peter. They said, this <laughs> is Little Peter. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute now. You don't know, the, you don't know what that means. <laughs> Back in the States, how did you know my nickname from high school is what I was thinking. <laughs> Why I didn't shower oh, <laughs> with the rest God. of the guys. <laughs> oh. But uh, that Moldovan trip was, was fun. Anyway, so I learned from listening. That's how I learn. And that's how I hope you learn, too, as you tune into this podcast. Fantasy Impact Today, we're all on this journey of learning together a little bit as we try and learn more how to dissect all these advanced stats and all. And we've we've all done this for a little while now. And we've all been very good fantasy players. I think we can say that I am probably the best fantasy player out of all of us because the championship banners in my house prove so, right? Out of all the leagues we've been in? Yeah, did we order championship banners this year? I thought that was just before you started winning. No, I think that's the handwritten piece of the paper up there on the wall behind Wes. I think that's it, the championship banners. No, th- and those hats. Are... Zoom in. Okay, <laughs> yep, you're right. I'm going to get a 
screen grab of that and blow it up. That, that, those are actually homeschooling things. My banners, I actually think my wife threw away my homemade banners that I had. Uh, trust me when I say that was a dividing line in our household. <laughs> Cannot believe she did that. I hope we run across them someday. But that's how I learned. So I hope that's we can pass that knowledge on to you. Look, we're going to talk about wide receivers and running backs here in just a minute. Guys, there is some news that have broke over the last couple of days. And Tyler, I think you're going to bring us a couple of those news articles. I am. Well, I think the biggest and most obvious news that we're starting with is that Cam Newton is now a Patriot. So Cam Newton finally found a, found a home. Someone finally took him. And who else other than Bill Belichick would find Cam Newton and sign him? So you have to think that if Bill Belichick was willing to take the chance on him, he's probably healthy. We would assume. However, the most recent news I've seen says that Cam is not guaranteed the starting job. That may just be for the headlines so they don't have to talk about it anymore. But said that he's not guaranteed the starting job. And you know their other quarterback is Jarrett Stidham. So who has not who I think he said he's thrown four regular season passes. So I don't I I, I assume Cam Newton will be the starter unless Either injury or maybe they're trying to prove a point that you're going to come in and follow the system. I don't know. I'm guessing Cam Newton's starter week one. And so Cam Newton at the Patriots would be an interesting experiment. I'm Both of them Auburn boys, right? Both are Auburn Both guys. Both of them Auburn boys. So you okay, know that so I'll be tuning in and checking. Besides bringing up the meme of Bill Belichick dressed as Cam Newton as at the press conference, <laughs> besides <of> that, <laughs> which just makes me giggle, I remember that the Patriots. They brought in like Tim Tebow one time, you know, and I said Cam Newton isn't going to end up playing in the NFL this year. I could be completely wrong. Maybe there's not going to be any NFL played in this entire year. That's my own personal feelings until, of course, like I said, after the election. But Cam Newton, I wonder if he's going to be on that same boat as Tim Tebow or is this like a guaranteed contract? I'm sure we didn't get that far in depth in the in the show notes, but I just. I don't know what they would lose if they end up cutting him. And if he's not promised that starting job, I still can't see Cam Newton standing on the sidelines waiting to go in. So if he's not the starter, I don't know how he's going to be on the Patriots. I don't know either. And you know that me, being an Auburn fan, I would like to see him succeed. But at the same time, I do think of Cam as a bigger personality. And Bill Belichick is usually not a fan of bigger personalities. He normally goes out and I think tries to find the guy who's willing to fit the system right away. So I'm interested to see how this will work. Yeah, but a lot of guys who go to that system end up becoming those kind of guys that fall into line. Right. Uh, even Antonio Brown, you didn't hear a lot from him during that time. Randy <laughs> Moss was another guy. You didn't hear anything from him either. And and Bill Belichick is that kind of guy. But here's here's what I remember most about Cam Newton's game. He loved to throw to the running backs. So I, I could see James White still having those good numbers. Cam's shoulder, I still don't trust that shoulder. I watched him throw the ball, and there was not a lot of zip on it. Maybe that shoulder's a little bit more healed than what it was whenever he last had a, had a football in his hand. Julian Edelman is still going to do great things there if Cam Newton is quarterback. Rex Burkhead possibly even, because they, they just love Rex Burkhead in that system. But also the one thing that I remember, you remember when – Jacoby Brissett had to be the quarterback for the Patriots on like a Thursday night game or something like that. And, yep. and they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. They, they won because they were able to change their game plan all at the last second to make Jacoby Brissett successful. 
I'm not going to say Cam Newton is Jacoby Brissett. I think that would be an insult to Cam Newton's MVP year. But they can adjust the system to fit Cam. I would never count anything out of the Patriots at all, and this might be a great fit. So there's my fantasy take on it. I'm looking forward to seeing it, at least. So I will bring a little baseball news back into here, if that's okay with everybody, since we've handled a lot of football. And I know that Wes is still trying not to get hurt by baseball, so he's playing it safe. But Aaron Judge said that the Yankees say that they're very optimistic Aaron Judge could be ready for opening day. So right from the get-go, a lot of people who let him fall in drafts, which I was one of them, but I'm also a Red Sox fan, so I'm not actively looking for any Yankees players. I let that get a little in my way every time I'm fantasy baseball. He may be able to start off right off the bat, day one, and give your team a boost if you got him later. That'd be a good pickup. Aaron Judge could be a good pickup if he stays healthy. He could. Shohei Otani for the Los Angeles Angels, says that he will be a two-way player at the start of summer camp. <laughs> so we may get to see pitcher Otani and hitter Otani right from the start. He's gotten a little extra time to rehab with the coronavirus delay, but the Angels seem I'm getting a head, head wave or head wag from uh, Mark there. He doesn't, doesn't seem to buy in this conspiracy theory. No, not at all. That's what I meant to say. They're implementing the DH this year. I mean, Why? Why would Ohani get to get to bat? Because he's a good batter. You gotta win yeah. championships. Not good enough. Uh, I'm you're, better. You're, you're Mark. You're discounting Joe Madden. Joe Madden has got <laughs> yeah. a position. Joe Madden a, is a, a batter. <laughs> he's got a batter who can pitch. He, Joe Madden is salivating at this opportunity to put Ohtani all over. He's gonna play. Ohtani might be the first guy in a long time to play every position on the field in one game. <laughs> And to try, Madden is going to try to figure out how to bat him at every single spot in the batting order, not throughout the season, in one week. Okay, a double header. He might, <laughs> Madden loves Otani. I think we're going to see a lot of Otani with the uh, with Madden there. All right. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe the Angels with Otani and Anthony Rendon. Maybe it'll be a little bit more exciting team this year. I kind of would like to see them give Mike Trout a chance at some point in his Hall of Fame career. And then finally, the news that saddens at least some of us, and especially here where we're from, we just got a new minor league fantasy baseball team. Or we just got a new minor league baseball team, and we were getting ready to go watch the Trash Pandas play, and minor league baseball has been canceled officially. Well, so, and you know. This this season got canceled, but I think we just took the title for best team name oh, for yeah. a minor league team. I mean, you can't beat the Rocket City Trash Pandas and the logo. It's just it's pretty epic. And what's great is I actually have some gear that I bought this year that says inaugural season 2020. So, Dude, uh, let me get that. That's gonna be I'm worth something one day. Say, about, I'm gonna wait a few years, auction that baby off, see if I can get a little dent into my kid's college fund. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's not unreasonable in about 10 years, 15 years from now. I have been having crazy dreams. Oh, no. Quarantine dreams. And one of the dreams, we did talk about that on a past show, but one of the dreams was Mark and I. We, I like we, where this is going. We broke into the, <laughs> pan, we broke into the Panda facility. Oh, yes. Well, um, I mean, it was during broad daylight. It wasn't like it dark or anything. I just... 
whenever I go to an event or some kind of place like like the Trash Panda place or something like that, I'll just go and I'll start walking around. See how far you get. Yeah, well, if you act like you own the place, nobody stops you. Okay? Dude, story time. So there I was, Talladega, my first ever NASCAR race. This was when I was stationed at Fort Rucker, and me and a bunch of the guys decided to go. We volunteered, helped park cars, and then afterwards we got tickets to the infield. And we did the same thing. We're like, let's just see how far we can do this. Uh, you know, we'll we'll flex the military thing. And uh, we ended up on pit row uh, right behind the pit crews. And I have some bolts from the tires. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty epic. And we just waltzed on like we belong there. And nobody said anything to us. It was kind of weird. So yeah, if y'all so- remember the Talladega race in which the pit crews were scrambling trying to find tire bolts for their, their car. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> they were in Mark's pocket the entire time. <laughs> oh man, they were still hot when we picked them up. They uh, they would just toss them aside. So that's cool. And I'm not even a NASCAR fan, but that was pretty that was pretty awesome. So yeah. Um, did you did you do one. a flyover there, or what did you do? No, we were literally. They said we could volunteer to help park cars, and that we would get into the the race for free afterwards. So that's what we did. So, so Mark is out of the military now, but Mark, you flew helicopters in the military. What, what helicopter exactly? I flew the H-64 Apache, which is the best helicopter in the world. And, and you have shown us pictures or sent us pictures as uh, the football group or baseball group of you doing a flyover at different, a uh, different place or two, right? Yeah, so I was very fortunate. I got to do a flyover in the Apache with um, two Apaches, a, a Chinook and a UH-60. We flew over the Tennessee Titans Stadium for uh, Veterans Day in November of 2017. And a week prior to that, I think we did a flyover of Vanderbilt. That's not as impressive. But the, the, the Titans flyover was awesome. Afterwards, we landed up at John C. Toon Airport in Nashville, got whisked away to the stadium, and then went up to some box seats and were having a great time. So That's one of really the cool, cool things about my job. That was really cool. I mean, that, that is neat. You would, you've still never gotten me in a flying apparatus though dude i was on the sidelines in, you know 20 yard 20 20 feet from the nfl players on the titans and i remember thinking man they're not that big i bet i could take them oh <laughs> and then i realized yeah mark you're stupid <laughs> and those guys were huge to me those guys were i'm not as big of a guy as you i guess that's right and that's why you picked david and goliath because you're so small you're, you're little david <laughs> uh, little peter <laughs> Uh, hey, let's go over some David and Goliath on the wide receiving cores of the NFC East here. So we're picking Davids. We're picking Goliaths. Davids, of course, are the people who are overachievers from their ADP. Goliaths are the people who end up failing from their ADP because they just might be a little bit overhyped or drafted a little bit too high. So that's our booms and busts. We just gave it a little bit different name. Uh, Tyler, I guess I'm going to start off with you while I get organized here a little bit more. Do you have any... David's or Goliaths that you see on this wide receiver core. Just pick, just pick one, and then bounce it over to me, and I'll pick one, and we'll keep bouncing around. I think I'm actually going to start off with the Goliath of Amari Cooper, and only because I think of how many weapons they've got now for him. I think he'll still be a monster. I think he will. So I'm not sure who'll actually return his draft value at 32 overall. I just I like what they've got. In Dallas, I mean, I think C.D. Lamb, he's going to start off slow, probably as a rookie, trying to get him integrated into the passing game. But I see a lot more of those targets being taken 
I'm just I'm a little scared skeptical to draft Amari Cooper higher. If he falls just a few spots for me, I would take him because I love that Dallas Cowboys offense. I love his schedule, his strength of schedule. It's eighth for wide receivers. So that's fantastic. But I'll agree with you. When you look at both of the numbers of Cooper and Gallup, they were almost identical from last year. Almost identical when you look at the totals. But Michael Gallup is going 75th overall, where you have Cooper going 32nd overall. And you could almost get that same, you get a much better value just waiting on Gallup if you want a piece of that Dallas offense. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to draft Dak, I'm getting, I, here's my problem. I am going to get Blake Jarwin, and I'll probably end up getting him in the eighth round because you know me. I like to I like to go ahead and just take somebody real early and just flaunt it all over everybody as he succeeds or let everybody give me a hard time if he fails. But I can't have a wide receiver and a tight end, so I don't know that I'm going to actually be able to get any of these guys uh, on the wide receiving core for the Cowboys. But I would rather wait around for Gallup than Cooper. I don't like getting the rookie wide receivers. I don't care if it's CeeDee Lamb. I think my Goliath is going to be... I don't know how you say his name. I don't know if it's Rigor or Rieger. I've heard it pronounced both ways. And I, I, you know, YouTube something like that, and you still hear it pronounced both ways. So it's the new wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, the rookie wide receiver. I don't understand at all. I see the upside. But when I look at what Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles do, they run a million RPOs a year. Okay. They love the dump off pass to the running back. They, they, love to just keep everything short except for of course Deshaun Jackson who they say just run we'll throw it to you every once in a while okay because he he has like 18.1 yards per target or something like that for his for his stat but they love to just throw the short pass off the quick hurry up fake RPO kind of a thing they have tons of play action they do all those things and so I don't know I, I just I can't trust any wide receiver in that offense, and maybe that's why they get hurt all the time because they take those big hits after running those slant patterns. And, and uh, nope, he's going to be kind of a Goliath, even though he's just a rookie. I just don't like where he's being drafted at all. So my David for this division has to be Terry McLaurin, and he's a, he's only going right now. He's the number twenty three wide receiver off the board. He's going behind guys. D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Parker, Tyler Lockett, Corton Sutton, Robert Woods, all guys who we know are good fantasy players. We've seen them put up good fantasy seasons. But who else is there at Washington? Who else are they going to throw the ball to? And now this also depends a little bit on Dwayne Haskins and or whoever they put at quarterback. Yeah. How well can he distribute the ball around? But at the same time, in an NFL offense, Someone's going to be getting catches. Someone's going to be getting targets. Someone's going to be getting receptions. Somebody's getting touchdowns. And to me, with the way Ron Rivera has talked about Terry McLaurin, that's going to be Terry McLaurin. I think next year, he's going to be one of those guys who's up in the tier two, you know, maybe edging towards that star potential wide receiver. You know, he's lightning fast. He's got great hands. I really like him not having to, having you not have any big competition in Washington for targets. So that you know when they're out there and they need to get the ball to their playmaker, he's their playmaker. So I like the one that. Thing, the one thing they're going to definitely have to do in Washington is throw the ball a lot. And so that, that opportunity is going to be there. But I've always been told, and it's, good, it's great advice, you will have a lot of fantasy success if you follow the good quarterbacks. That's right? Mm-hmm. And, and when I see Dwayne Haskins and I look at his numbers, 
he doesn't have good quarterback written all over him. He was number one in pocket time, right, with 2.6. Dwayne Haskins was pocket time. So that means he stood around the pocket. If he ended up playing the entire 16 games, he'd have been sacked something like 60 times last year, which would have been number one as well. So he just stands back there, and he doesn't ever throw the ball is what it seems like to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't like Terry McLaurin at all this year. I I don't want any part of him. He has the his strength of schedule, 25th for wide receivers, 29th. That's during the regular season, 29th in the playoffs. So that's another check mark against him. So bad quarterback, bad schedule. It doesn't sit well with me. I think he has a sophomore slump, and it's not a bad position to be drafted though. Twenty, you know, 27th wide receiver off the board is what one of mine says. You have 23. We can. Uh, we can argue over where he needs to go, but that's not that's not a terrible place to draft a wide receiver. I just I think I could be more comfortable with somebody else there. Not AJ Green now, <laughs> not AJ Green around that time, uh, but probably a, a Jarvis Landry. I'd feel much more secure with a Jarvis Landry. Uh, probably a Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. He's just right below him, so I, I think I'd rather draft one of those guys than him. And if I had to pick maybe before him a little bit, you got to, who would you rather have? T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker, Stefan Diggs, or Terry McLaurin? Honestly, mm-hmm. if we're looking at those receivers. Hilton, Parker, Diggs, McLaurin. See, it all depends on whether or not Diggs. I like Diggs, but I don't know in a new situation. I Tyler, still like, I still you're like avoiding McLaurin. the in question. That, in, that, in that scenario, I'm, I'm taking McLaurin. Oh, that's yes. just me. And now, see. You are taking a little bit of a risk with McLaurin because his yards per reception last year, 15.8. So he's a bit of a home run hitter, which also, I mean, like I was saying, he's lightning fast. We know that. And so if they can get him the ball, I feel like he can make plays. He had seven touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. The rest of the wide receiver core that you've got listed here for the Washington Redskins had eight combined. Yeah. So you know that if they're going, if they're going to score a touchdown, it's probably going through McLaurin. And so you know that most of his, he's going to try to burn somebody. Their offense is going to be behind. They're going to have to air it out. He might. And on the weeks here, he doesn't do that. It could really hurt you because so, his receptions are not exactly, his targets are not where you would want the guy who's got the consistent uh, reception to total. So Tyler and I disagree about Terry McLaurin. I do see a kind of a sleeper in here, but I, I'm, I'm going to stay away from him. Uh, it's going to be a really desperation pick. If I have to pick somebody, like a, a wide receiver thing, might be a dynasty pick for somebody later on. Uh, Steven Sims as a wide receiver. I, I brought up that name last week on the podcast that didn't make it off the cutting room floor. But Steven Sims, fantastic job at the end of last season. I also think that he's the punt returner slash kick returner, so he can add you a little juice right there if it may be a – uh, another explosion, a touchdown maybe throughout the year. But he does a, a really good job, and he is a sleeper, sleeper, deep sleeper. You may even want to sleep on him pick. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to rush out and get Steven Sims. The crazy thing about the New York Giant receivers, and we broke down Daniel Jones on the last show, and we, I gave him as my one of my Davids and think that he's going to finish above Carson Wentz next uh, this fantasy season. All those wide receivers that the Giants have, those are some of the people that confuse me. I mean, I know who Golden Tate is. I know who Darius Slayton is. I know who Sterling Shepard is. But man, they just all look the same whenever they're out there on the field together, don't they? they they're they all the same body type. They don't all have the big guys. And whenever I run across them on my little Yahoo 
fantasy league thing, I'm like, okay, which guy is that? Which guy is that? Oh, okay, I see who he is. I don't understand why Rieger is going before Tate or Shepard. I have no clue about that. I don't know why that's happening. New York is going to be a passing, passing, passing offense. And those guys put up really good numbers last season. And they're pretty secure. They're veterans in the league. I am going to take a Golden Tate. I'm going to take a Sterling Shepard. Of course, Darius Slayton is the guy to own in New York. But I'm going to take either one of those guys over Rieger. You agree with me on that, Tyler, or you disagree? I completely agree. I'm not going to pick a guy that early, which is going to be probably most of the time a weekly starter for me as a rookie. You know, especially someone who wasn't just an absolute stud as a college player to where you were thinking, oh, I can't wait till my team gets him. Like a C.D. Lamb, for instance. C.D. Lamb was going to Philadelphia. I'd say he's clearly the guy. I might be able to take a little bit of a risk. But Jalen Regor, I don't, I'm not going to be willing to take my team on that. I, I can't I, I would never pick him 47. I don't know who would I whenever I see him in the draft I'm just going to clap, you know, <laughs> uh, for somebody. I'll be like go for it. Go get him. Go get him. <laughs> I hope he I hope he dominates for you. Yeah. Yeah, but I actually think that there's, you know, we could talk about Alshon Jeffrey, but it's the same thing. He's going to end up on my team somehow some way this year. <laughs> <laughs> Either he's going to be sitting there in the draft and nobody's picked him and I'm going to be like, "Dog, I got to pick Alshon again." Yeah. Or he's going to be thrown in some trade and I'm going to end up with Jeffrey on my team. You can't waste a draft pick on Deshaun Jackson. I just don't think you can do something like that. That's one of those desperation dart throws. If you ever see a team that gives up the long ball a lot to a wide receiver, uh, play him, play Deshaun Jackson that week. Go out and get him if you needed one. But I think that wraps up our wide receiver conversation. Is there anybody else, Tyler, that you want to talk about? Uh, the only other one that I was originally thinking going into this season would be a little bit of a surprise to people from serving some of his promise last year is Darius Slayton, but his ADP is showing that everyone's on that train already. He's being drafted ahead of his more well-known fellow Giants receivers, and so he's not really that much of a secret anymore. So No, but I think he's the guy to own in New York. The strength of schedule for the New York Giant wide receivers, not that great. 22nd overall for the year, uh, for the entire year, and 22nd in the playoffs. So they'll be really battling some things. Now, once again, like I said at the last show, Evan Ingram has got sweet matchups all throughout the year. All right, so let's uh, get into running backs. About time. Okay. That's our show producer. Before we get into that, Mark, you, you've been dying to tell us all about our show and what we need to do, what our listeners need to do to help out this program. All right, step one, you need to go and review us. Five stars, podcast uh, platform of your choice, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star review and let us know what we can do to get better at fantasyimpacttoday at yahoo.com. You can follow Wes at Loafinit. You can follow me at Crimson Apache, Bobby at Foster Fantasy, Tim at TimZ0802. I'll always make fun of him for that handle. And then Tyler here at TA Cambro. That's bro. Um, but yeah, come on uh, Twitter, DM us, let us know your questions, uh, interact with us, and we'll uh, get back with you and stay engaged. Uh, we would love to hear from fans and listeners to let us know what you're thinking. All right, so we have got two studs at the top of the board. Tyler, you are on the clock, and you have got the second pick of the draft. I'm going to assume that you would take, like any normal human being, Christian McCaffrey with the number one pick if you had the number one pick. So you right. have got the second pick in the draft. Who are you going to take? Because both of these guys, we are blessed to have them in the NFC East, and we get to talk about both of them tonight. Who who would you take, Saquon 
or Zeke? See, March is through, and I, I've been sitting here thinking to myself, I'm going to go with Saquon. Because I, I just like Saquon. Um, I really I think he can do a lot more on his own. But then when Mark threw out this COVID immunity of Zeke here, you know, that's just like, wow. Wow, maybe I don't have to worry about Zeke taking any weeks off. But no, I think I'm going to stick with. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. I know that Ezekiel Elliott is really tempting here. He may, uh, to me, if you're just talking about best running back, right now I'm leaning a little bit more Sa- Saquon Barkley just off of physical tools, being able to run the ball. I like him. But you're talking about opportunities and team. Dallas Cowboys, you know that they've got tons of weapons. And normally that spells trouble. But when you can have that many guys that other teams have to worry about, where they can't just focus on Zeke every single down, he could have a huge opportunity in not only the running game, and not just having people back off for the, the running game, but even in the passing game, he could just it easily is. be... But you're taking Saquon. You're, I know. you're sitting here I'm flying that's, the Zeke banner I am the better. I am better at coming up with reasons as to why I'm wrong <laughs> than to why I'm right. I can talk myself out of any player. So I normally just stick with my gut and then listen to all the reasons so that I can tell that I was right when I ended up being wrong. I, if, if I'm picking between the two, it's, it's hard to say no to Saquon Barkley. I remember those videos that he had whenever he was training and everything and it's just like dog that guy and I fell in love with him at Penn State watching him return the punts and the kick returns and and all those I I did and I don't watch a lot of college football but he was almost like I gotta watch a game wherever Saquon was playing or when he was playing but man Zeke can take the mantle this year being the best running back in the league I I know it's going to be hard with CMC in in the game but new coaching regime and you never know what's going to end up transpiring He's got, whenever you have that many yards gained, typically the next year the running back comes out flat. Whenever you look at some of the best running performances in NFL history, the next year the player comes out flat. I wish I could give you stats on that. I can't. I should have looked them up beforehand. (laughs) But I can't remember that last guy who rushed for 2,000 yards. I can't remember that guy's name. He was with the Baltimore Ravens, and the next year they thought he was going to have a great year, and he comes out flat. And it just takes a a weird athlete to not do that. I don't know if CMC is that guy or not, but I'm still drafting him number one. Number two, I'm drafting uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He, He was second in rushing attempts last year. The chains didn't move all the time because there were so many drops in Dallas. So I think the chains are going to keep moving, which gives another three downs for Dallas to be able to play with. Ezekiel Elliott was already fifth in touchdowns last season. Fifth. They're going to get the ball in the end zone even more. This is the most prolific offense, arguably, in the NFL with all the weapons that they had. He had 24 broken tackles, 71 receptions, which shocked me, really. That was around the same as as many as Saquon Barkley had, even though Saquon was injured for part of the year. Still, 71 receptions is a lot of receptions for a running back. Uh, when you talk about Zeke just being primarily a runner, it feels like. The volume is there. Best offense in this tier. Durability, he doesn't get hurt. Uh, and like Mark said, he already had the coronavirus this year. So I'm picking Ezekiel Elliott, even though phase two of the virus is going to be even stronger than phase one. But <laughs> don't, I got oh, there's the cut sign again. Mark's giving me the cut. I can't talk about the conspiracy theories. But that's who I'm taking is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, between one and two. What do you think about Miles Sanders? We, I think we talked about him just a little while in last show. Do, do you like Miles Sanders and where he's going in the draft? I love Miles Sanders. I almost, I'm afraid to take someone at this 
at a draft position that they haven't performed at yet. But I honestly think he could be one of these studs that we're talking about. And so it's crazy that at the NFC East, we could have three running backs that are considered tier one in the NFL. I think we could end up there. So Miles Sanders has all the physical tools. You know, he came after Saquon Barkley there. He's, uh, he's huge. He's strong. He's fast. And I think the Eagles really are looking forward to using him this year. He gave us a little taste, you know, towards the end of the season last year because he started off kind of slow. They were, they had a ton of running backs last year in Philadelphia. And so they kind of shuffled him in and out. And then they kind of gave him a little bit more towards the end of the season. And he started showing us what he can really be. I am a huge fan of Miles Sanders. If he's a dynasty league, you know, I hope that you have him because he's about to really return value. And this year, for just a one a redraft league, I am a little nervous because I like to see him do it before I draft him at that spot. And that sometimes is my downfall because I'll let guys go. But I really think Miles Sanders could be a fantasy stud this year. The only thing, it always makes me nervous getting an Eagles running back because they do love running back by committee there. And mm-hmm. it seems like the running backs always struggle to be, stay healthy in Philadelphia. Everybody stays struggles to stay healthy in Philadelphia, it seems like. His uh, season-long strength of schedule, regular season anyway, 21st. Playoffs, 29th mm-hmm. for Miles Sanders. So that doesn't bode well. He is being drafted 10th for his position, 19th overall. I don't know that I necessarily like that. I know where he finished uh, as far as everything makes things exciting. I'm going to wait around instead of getting Miles Sanders and rolling the dice because I'm going to roll the dice no matter what. Why not wait around until the 81st pick overall? The guy with the first overall regular season easiest schedule for a running back. 16th in the playoffs. A guy who shows explosiveness. And if I gotta, if I got to gamble anyway... Why not wait around for Darius Geis? Geis has got good short-term numbers. I'm not going to say we can make any definitive answers upon somebody with such a small sample size. Ron Rivera is not going to be afraid to hand that ball off, slow down the game. He's he's had good running backs before. He's done some amazing things with them. The only thing I don't like about Darius Geis, I love his draft position, by the way, which if I, you know, because he could be your, uh, you could draft him as a flex player. You could draft him as your third or fourth running back on your on your team, you know, if you kind of draft that way. Is that they're always going to be playing from behind. And I don't like to get a running back in a system where they're not going to be able to get the ball regularly on handoffs. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to always have to throw, that kind of thing. So that's the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous about them. But I would rather, I would rather take somebody else than Miles Sanders, and I'm going to wait around for Darius Geis. So, Tyler, with whenever I'm talking about uh, drafting Miles Sanders or waiting around for a guys, you look at who's around him on the draft board. Nick Chubb just goes right before him. Chris Godwin goes before Miles Sanders, but then after him. And those are the tough decisions you got to make. And it might depend on how the draft kind of works out for you. You know you got to be flexible on draft night. Miles Sanders, Travis Kelce, Lamar Jackson, or Patrick Mahomes. You're not a big quarterback guy, so I'm going to take Lamar and Patrick Mahomes out of there. Although, I'm going to say this. The more I've looked at the fantasy stats from last year, it's going to be really hard not to take Lamar Jackson if I get an opportunity to take Lamar Jackson. I sure hope he gets taken first off the board or something. <laughs> I don't want that decision because no, he, just I don't demolished, want he just demolished so many people last year. Oh, yeah. I got him in the last round last year. <laughs> he was the quarterback fill for me. 
And I took the gamble because I just saw him sitting there. I was like, well, you know, there's a guy who could really turn some dividends. And I can't tell you that I was, you know, being super smart, seeing into the future. But I won the league because my quarterback was putting up more points in the final pick of the draft. So are you going to reach for Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs? Over Josh Jacobs? I yes think no? I would, honestly. I think I would take okay. Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs. Aaron Jones, would you take Miles Sanders? Would you reach for Miles Sanders over Aaron Jones? I think Jones? at that point I'm taking Aaron Jones. Got because to. I also had Aaron Jones last year, so I had that great taste in my mouth. Last year is not this year, Tyler. People live in the past. The present is for winners. These people okay? took me to a championship, you know? You've got to have a little respect for them. Chris Godwin. I'm taking been, Chris Godwin. Okay. Chris Godwin, and after becoming such a stud receiver and then getting Tom Brady, taking him. Nick Chubb or Miles Sanders? Nick Chubb. Okay. There, there you go. So that's there you go. That's where we rank them. And I, I don't I don't blame you at all. I think that that falls into line, even though we wonder about Kareem Hunt in that situation as well. All right. So that's our running back breakdown. It, it's not really that hard. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to draft – Adrian Peterson this year, right? We're, we're not talking about that. Are you a big handcuff guy, Tyler? Do you got to handcuff Ezekiel Elliott with a Tony Pollard? I haven't played in enough leagues with a deep enough bench to feel like I need the handcuff. I normally like a guy that I could switch in on a matchup-based kind of night, unless it's a deeper league. But no, unless their handcuff is a better player, I don't, I'm not going to be drafting Tony Pollard if I have Ezekiel Elliott. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Impact today. Next week we're gonna we're going over the Bears, the Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings. So I believe that that's the NFC North. We'll be going over those guys next week. Same kind of style that we did here, but hopefully we'll have a couple other people joining us. Tyler, you did a great job. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And Mark, are you still around? You want me to close us out, or you got this close out? I'm still here, but you got it, Wes. Great job, Tyler. Hey, thank you for listening to Fantasy Impact today. You can reach us at FI Today on Twitter with a little underscore. You can also get in touch with us on at Yahoo. Uh, you can email us, fantasyimpacttoday at yahoo.com. You, we'll have our Twitter handles and stuff like that listed in the show notes. But we thank you so much for listening to us. We're so glad you're on this journey with us as we learn more. We want your feedback. We need your feedback. You can leave a comment. You can email us, as, as I mentioned before. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. You can also tell us how we can do things maybe a little bit better. Maybe we're not reading these stats as good as we should. And maybe there's a, something that we're just missing out of all this. But thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Impact today. And as always, we want to encourage you to go out and make a positive impact in your world today. Do we got to worry about a Boston Scott this year right now? I'm sorry. Do we? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we have to worry about a Boston Scott this year? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Boston who? Boston Scott is the backup core, a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> All right. Hey, okay, I'll, I'll just take that as a no. Oh. <laughs>